0: Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Hey, there is very, very adult content ahead, and you know what? You have been warned. Sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we're going to be exploring a story that I've followed for a very long time. I find it fascinating, and I hope that you do as well. But, as always, before we get started, we will be playing our drinking game. Remember, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. I'm going to leave things open and say that our story today has mystery and the sea. So, pick your poison based on this information. Good luck with that. (laughs) Now for the game part. Alright, every time I say lighthouse, that will be a single shot, and every time I say Hebrides, that will be a double shot. Alright, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump head first into today's dark enigma. And today, we're talking about the mysterious disappearance of the Aline Moore Lighthouse Keepers. The Scottish Hebrides is a craggy and foreboding archipelago. Often swathed in mist, its jagged rock formations erupt from the North Sea like the fangs of some aquatic leviathan. But on clear days, the water becomes crystal clear aqua blue, and the islands, illuminated in sunlight, appear idyllic. December twenty sixth, 1900, was just such a day, according to Captain James Harvey, who had been sent to the Flannan Isles to provide some much-needed relief to the three lighthouse keepers on the island of Eileen Moore. Although uninhabited, the island has always sparked people's interest. It's named after Saint Flannan, a sixth-century Irish bishop who later became a saint. Who built a chapel on the island, and for centuries, shepherders would bring their sheep to the island to graze, but would never stay the night fearful of the spirits believed to haunt such a remote spot. Captain James Harvey was in charge of the ship which was also carrying Joseph Moore, a replacement lighthouse lighthouse keeper. As the ship reached the landing platform, Captain Harvey was surprised that no one was waiting for their arrival. He blew his horn and sent up a warning flare to try to attract some attention, but there was no response. Joseph Moore then rowed ashore and ascended up the steep set of stairs that led up to the lighthouse. According to reports from Moore himself, the replacement lighthouse keeper suffered an overwhelming sense of foreboding on his long walk up to the top of the cliff. Once at the lighthouse, Moore noticed something was definitely wrong. The door to the lighthouse was unlocked, and in the entrance hall, two of the three oil-skinned coats were missing. Moore continued on to the kitchen area, where he found half-eaten food and an overturned chair, almost as if someone had jumped from their seat in a hurry. To add to this peculiar scene the kitchen clock had also stopped. Moore continued to search the rest of the lighthouse, but found no sign of the other lighthouse keepers. He then ran back to the ship to inform Captain Harvey, who subsequently ordered a search of the entire islands for the missing men, but not a one of them was found. Harvey quickly sent back a telegram to the mainland, which in turn was forwarded to the Northern Lighthouse Board Headquarters in Edinburgh. The telegraph read as follows, A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional, have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island fired a rocket but as no response was made managed to land more who went up to the station but found no keepers there the clocks were stopped and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago poor fellows they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that night coming on we could not wait to make something as to their fate I have left Moore, McDonnell, Boymaster, and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I hear from you. I have repeated this wire to Muirhead in case you are not at home. I will remain at the Telegraph office tonight until it closes if you wish to wire me back. A few days later, Robert Muirhead, the board's superintendent who both recruited and knew all three of the men personally, departed for the island to investigate the disappearance. His investigation of the lighthouse found nothing over and above what Moore had already reported. That is, except for the lighthouse's logbook. Muirhead immediately noticed that the last few days of entry were, well, unusual. On the 12th of December, Thomas Marshall, the second assistant, wrote of, quote, severe winds the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years, end quote. He also noticed that James Ducat, the principal keeper, had been, quote, very quiet, end quote, and that the third assistant, William MacArthur, had been crying. What is strange about the final remark was that William MacArthur was a seasoned mariner and was known on the Scottish mainland as a very tough brawler. So why would he be crying about a storm? It made no sense. Log entries on the 13th of December stated that the storm was still raging and that all three men had been praying. But why would three very experienced lighthouse keepers, safely situated on a brand new lighthouse that was 150 feet above sea level, be praying for a storm to stop? They should have been absolutely perfectly safe. Even more peculiar is that there were no reported storms in the area on the 12th, 13th, or even the 14th of December. In fact, the weather was calm and the storms that were to batter the island didn't hit until December 17th. The final log entry was made on the 15th of December. It simply read, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. What was that to mean by God is over all? After reading the logs, Muirhead's attention turned to the remaining oilskin coat that had been left in the entrance hall. Why, in the bitter cold winter, had one of the lighthouse keepers ventured out without his coat? Furthermore, why had all three lighthouse staff left their posts at the same time when rules and regulations strictly prohibited it? Further clues were found down by the landing platform. Here, Muirhead noticed ropes strewn all over the rocks, ropes which were usually held in a brown crate 70 feet above the platform on a supply crane. Perhaps the crate had been dislodged and knocked down, and the lighthouse keepers were attempting to retrieve them when an unexpected wave came and washed them out to sea. This was the first and most likely theory and as such Muirhead included it in his official report to the northern lighthouse board but this explanation left some people in the northern lighthouse board unconvinced for one why had none of the bodies washed ashore And, why had one of the men left the lighthouse without even taking his coat, especially since this was December in the Outer Hebrides, and if you guys don't have an idea of where this is, first of all, it's above Scotland, in the Atlantic Ocean, close to Norway. So yeah, think really freaking cold, right? And, why oh why had three experienced lighthouse keepers been taken completely unaware by a wave? This makes no sense. And although these are all good questions, the, mo- the most pertinent and persistent question was around the weather conditions at the time, because guess what? The seas, they should have been calm. They were sure of this, as the lighthouse could easily be seen from the nearby Isle of Lewis, and any bad weather would have definitely obscured it from view, and that didn't happen. Decades later, the story got even more bizarre. A 1965 book cited a 1920s magazine publication of the Lighthouse Log's final entry from December 12th to 15th, 1900. This document, allegedly written by Thomas Marshall, told of an otherworldly storm so intense that all three keepers feared for their lives. MacArthur, by all accounts a tough guy, was crying and praying in the corner while Ducat, the senior keeper, reportedly sat silent and dazed throughout. And of course, that final entry that read, Storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. Over the following decades, subsequent lighthouse keepers at Eileen Moore have reported strange voices in the wind calling out the names of the three long dead men. Theories about their disappearance have ranged from foreign invaders capturing the men, all the way to, well, alien abductions. Whatever the reason for their disappearance, something or someone snatched those three men from the rock of Eileen Moore on that winter's day over a hundred years ago. And these accounts, which are disputed as unreliable, and may have been published in the pulp magazine True Strange Stories, led some to speculate that one keeper killed the other two before killing himself. And Keith McCloskey, who's the author of The Lighthouse, The Mystery of the Eileen Moore Lighthouse Keepers, says, One of them was in the lighthouse, as regulations forbade the station from being left empty. And he states, Quote, I feel something happened between the man left behind, Donald MacArthur and the other two. MacArthur was known to be volatile. Even if a giant wave swept one in and the other went back for MacArthur, are we then asked to believe a second wave swept the other two away? End quote. Other theories look to Eileen Moore's mysterious history for answers. Positing that the men were captured by the Lusbidarn and taken to the land of the Fae. Others point to everything from alien abduction to ghost pirates to an attack by the Loch Ness Monster. And the Stranger Than Fiction disappearance was even the subject of an episode of Doctor Who in 1977, which blamed the disappearance on a shape-shifting alien, because, as all my heathens know, it is ALWAYS ALIENS. But in spite of the more esoteric postulations that have swirled around the Eileen Moore disappearance for more than a century, many lighthouse experts maintain that there is no mystery and, well, there never has been. In 2015, naturalist John Love revealed in his book, A Natural History of Lighthouses, that Thomas Marshall had previously been branded as negligent after equipment was swept away during a gale. Marshall probably asked the men to secure the lines during the storm, and the three were simply just pulled into the ocean by a wave. We'll never know. So, whatever happened to the three lighthouse keepers? You know what? We're probably never going to know. But, if you have the chance to visit Eileen Moore, you may find yourself face to face with one of their spirits. And with that, my darlings, we have come to the end of our episode. I know it's a quickie, but every now and again, a quickie's good for you. And I do thank you for joining me today. I hope that you take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think happened. You can always reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you have a suggestion for a future show, or you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line. I do respond to all emails. And, my darlings, on that note, that's all the time we have for today. So, thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio, and don't forget to tune in next time, my heathens, and always remember, it's always aliens. (laughs) See you next time, my darlings.